Hello everyone, it is me, Natanya Love, and I am back with another episode of the Motivational Monday podcast. As always, I am so super glad that you are here tuning in, and without further ado, we are going to get straight into it, and today we will be finishing off our series of bitterness. So, to start, I would like to first start off by reading two different um, passages I have here. One takes place in Proverbs 17 verse 22 and I am reading the NIV version and it says, a cheerful heart is good medicine but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And the second one takes place in 1 John, 20, 1 John 2 verse 11 and it is from the ESV version and it says, but whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes now what i have to let you know today is that bitter people can become spiritually bound to their pains and problems those who continuously choose to nurture or hold on to past offenses can become bound to the offenses and a slave to both to both their past and their pains and problems. Here are some signs that you may possibly be bound to your past or your pains. The first sign is blind to personal faults. When we are bound to anything that is ungodly, we are practically living in darkness, whether we realize it or not. This is spiritual darkness, and it becomes a veil that blocks us from seeing certain truths, and as a result, may cause us to live in denial. Deeply wounded people can become overly judgmental towards others, and as a result, they may manage their pain by magnifying the pains of others, yet minimizing their own. They may also seem to not realize that they are now provoking the same anger from others that was once also provoked out of them. Because they are blinded to their pain and offense, the enemy now has an open door and footstool to be able to have access to them so he can use them to unknowingly offend others. They unfortunately aren't looking or caring to be healed. Instead, they are looking to constantly take their offenses out on others. Now, I'm going to read another passage for you, and it takes place in Matthew chapter 7, verse 3 to 4. And it says, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? And this was in the New King James Version. Because bitter and broken people only entertain those who agree with their pains, they are literally choosing to live a life where they only point fingers at others and reject all opportunity to advance, change, and grow because constructive criticism helps us do just that. They are therefore living from the selfish perspective that their mistakes are the only ones that are justifiable and worth forgiving while the mistakes of everyone else are extremely wrong and unforgivable. They practically believe that they have the right to hurt others and therefore may feel little to no remorse for their hurtful or wrong actions. This is because sin is deceitful, as it says in Hebrews 3 verse 13. 
and we're going to read it. I will be reading the New Living Translation. It says, You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. Now to continue. Another sign that someone might be bound to their problems is continuously seeking revenge. Now we're going to read a quick thing in Proverbs 16 verse 18 and it is taken place in the message version. It says, first pride, then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. So realize that along with becoming blind to their own personal faults, a person who is bound to offense may also seek revenge as they are now making decisions from a place of arrogance and pride. Rather than caring for the best interests of others or wanting to help them to see them evolve. Now we're just going to take a quick look at Romans chapter 12 verse 14 to 17 in the NIV version. And it says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay any evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Now realize that they are choosing to live a life of taking matters into their own hands and retaliating in ways they feel are are the best, which is actually being flesh-led. That practically means they have become their own God. Rather than submitting to the Most High God and seeking Him on the response method that He suggests and that He approves of. And now we're going to quickly take a look at Deuteronomy 32, verse 35, which says in the King James Version, To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. Now, Francis Beacon defines vengeance as a wild justice. Steve Gallagher said that typically those who are the most entangled in sin are the very ones who cannot see its presence at work in them. Sin has the ability to mask itself so well that it can actually make a person who deals with it the least think Think that he is the most spiritual. <laughs> now understand that those who are bound to offense can easily become compulsively obsessed with the idea of having to get back at or repay their offender for what they've done to offend them. They may also also obsessively want to convince both God and other people that their offender deserves to suffer. They have unknowingly become the devil's ally and are working for him, not God. 
On the contrary, a person who is bound to offense actually thinks they are doing the will of God as they see themselves as a godly servant and therefore they may have a holier-than-thou mindset or presence. They are now operating from pride and high-mindedness rather than the will of God. Realize that pride stems from feelings of inadequacy and the need to either be heard or to prove a point. Pride isn't necessarily always associated with money. Now, the third sign that someone might be spiritually bound to their problems is that they become destructive and idolatrous. Over time, as a bitter or broken person holds on to their pains continuously, they will seek revenge. Their pain can become an idol which replaces their affection and devotion to God. As a result, they become destructive in their personality. They may use manipulation, threats, discord, accusations, or other unhealthy and spiteful tactics to try and destroy the one who offended them first. Now we're just going to take a quick peek at John chapter 10 verse 10 and we are reading the NIV version. Sorry, this is, yes, the NIV version. And it says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Their entire sense of value and self-worth and power is tied up in their desire to teach their offender a lesson. Now, I just want to quickly say, in, you know, conjunction with that little verse that I just read, basically what, how this ties in, it's basically saying, you know, like the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, only to do bad, you know, someone who is bound to their pains, they become basically, um, the devil's ally so they are basically doing exactly that they are doing the work of the enemy whether they realize it or not they could be a christian they could be you know someone who is serving in the church but once they are so bitter and stuck on who hurt them automatically they become an advocate for the enemy and not of god they are doing the devil's will and not the lord's now to continue these people can be very charming and appear very devoted to god as i was just saying and their families they can seem also devoted to their families to the outside world they appear as kind and helpful to those who barely know them and so people who know little about their situations may take their side and convince them that they're right in situations where they're at fault Their offense is literally an idol taking God's place as they are refusing to surrender the pain to him and practically playing God by choosing to take revenge into their own hands. They are basically saying that their need to retaliate and win is greater than than their need to release it and praise God through the storm in spite of their pain. Now, I'm just going to quickly read for you John chapter 5 verse 21 and I will be reading the N 
LT version, which says, Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. Now, another version, which is the English Standard Version, says, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. So, that just confirms that an idol is anything that takes God's place in our lives. Now, to continue, it says, When a toxic emotion becomes an idol in someone's life, they reach a point where they are ready to spill out their pain and resentment to anyone who listens. Even if the offense occurred 20 years prior to when they are talking about it, they speak like it was recent because they haven't stopped talking about it. And therefore, their pain is like a wound that reminds, that remains fresh due to it continuously being reopened. The only way they can truly heal is by choosing to confront their pain and view their offense as a stepping stone towards greater growth, allowing God to teach them how to forgive and release, as well as choosing not to move to the next chapter in their life until they're fully healed. Now the final passage I have for you today takes place in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 23 to 25 and it says sorry we're going to be reading from 21 to 25 because I'm reading the message version and the message version is broken into chunks and not just scripture um, verse by verse so um, it says this is the kind of life you've been invited into the kind of life Christ lived he suffered everything that came his way so you would not know that it could be done and also know how to do it step by step he never did one thing wrong not once said anything amiss they called him every name in the book and he said nothing back he suffered in silence content to let god set things right he used his servant body to carry our sins to the cross so we could be rid of sin free to live the right the right way his wounds became your healing you were lost sheep with no idea who you were or where you were going now you're named and kept for good by the shepherd of your souls now that is practically all i have for you today but one thing i just want to say with that last um verse what just stood out to me the fact that it says that you know they called him every name in the book and he said nothing back he suffered in silence content to let god set things right now i can relate with this um this is a pretty small example you know obviously i i have bigger examples of things in life but one thing i will say you know recently it was brought to my attention that you know a lot of people actually say my name wrong however I've learned to stop correcting them because I came to the realization that if that person respects me enough they will care to realize that they were saying my name wrong and so I don't correct them because I give it to God and I say who am I that I should really care if someone's saying my name right or wrong 
if that person really respects me enough and cares enough about our friendship or who I am to them in their life, they will consider the fact that they might possibly be pronouncing my name wrong. You know, if they care enough to say, wait, everyone else is saying Natanya, but I'm the odd one out saying Natanya, then they will come to that realization. It is not for me to correct them because that's God's place to do that. So I leave it in his hands, you know, because by the end of the day, who even cares if they said my name right or wrong? It doesn't affect me in any way. I'm still here. I'm still alive. Thanks be to the Most High God, you know. So with that being said, I would just like to challenge you to look into your life and ask yourself, are you spiritually bound? Have you been harboring unforgiveness? Who do you need to forgive? What do you need to release? What do you need to let go of? Because the only person you're holding back is yourself. Now, God bless you. Thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of the Motivational Monday podcast. As always, I love you. Take care. Until next week. Bye.